Hello, welcome to Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. Our show's promise is a dedication to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for service, and how Rotary has been the organization to bring it together. The goal of the show is to grow the Rotary family by connecting through service projects. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me... Your co-host, Jill Kirk. And together, we're going to dive deep into the heart of Rotary Service Above Self. We have, yet again, another special guest with us. Please welcome Peg Dunau. Hello, Peg. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Good. Thanks for well, having me. Yes, welcome to Searching for Service. We are happy to have you on board and excited to dive into learning more about you and all that you bring to the table for Rotary. Okay, I'll try. Wonderful. So let's let's take a moment to get to know you, Peg. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do outside of Rotary. Let's start there first. Okay. Um, I was in the uh, fast food industry, the restaurant business, with my husband for 50 years. Um, we were very young. Wow. <laughs> I have to throw that in. <laughs> and, and, and then um, we retired in 2019. And at that time, um, you know, COVID hit, and so it was kind of a quiet time. Um, I was I had still been active in Rotary, but, um, you know, I, I really didn't I get in, totally involved until when it was coming out. Okay. Um, okay. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always wanted to serve. Um, I, you know, and I didn't, really didn't have much time. I was active in the organization of the franchisees association, but that was more uh, political. And um, but I wanted to deal with people that needed, you know, really help. So Rotary was a perfect fit for me, although I didn't know it at that time. How did you find Rotary? Um, I had a really good friend um, that belongs to another Rotary club. It's over in Mendota Heights. And she had asked my husband and I to speak a couple of times at her club. Um, we both were uh, sailors that would crew on a specific boat that was circumnavigating the world. Wow. And we're both sailors. Yeah, it was really fun. And what the main thing she wanted us to talk about was following your dreams. Um, and that was really enjoyable, um, both of us talking about what we loved, one of the things we loved. Um, so as time went on, she kept on saying, Peggy, you got to, you know, I think you need to get into something, um, a service organization. Mm. And, and she invited me to join her club. Well, I live in south of Lakeville, and I'm going, wait a minute. If I'm going to join a Rotary <laughs> Club, then I'm going to join a Rotary Club by where I live. <laughs> so I got on the um, on the Internet, and I looked up Lakeville Rotary Club, wrote to the president at that time, and um, joined or went to a meeting. At that meeting, um, I was introduced to a lady, and she and I had lunch a couple times. Um, and I started to understand what um, Rotary was a little bit. At that time, actually, I had, did not have too much of a clue what it was about. 
except that it was a service organization. Um, so as time passed after a couple of weeks, I did uh, sign up as a member and was, you know, given, was accepted as a member. Um, I started volunteering for everything because I thought, well, if I'm, gonna, I'm the kind of person, if it gets in, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to get involved. Let's do it all. So, I feel like that, that's the yeah. that's the prerequisite well, of all new members, too, yeah. is like you it's just get true. thrown into the deep end. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, I wasn't thrown. I just think I, I did. I, you know, I, was, I wanted to figure out what it was about. Um, at the time I came in, I, I and I'm not saying anything about our club, but um, it's changed a lot since, but um, I didn't really know yet how everything worked. In fact, I'm still sort of learning that. There's so much to learn. But um, I did volunteer for everything, um, any service projects, um, even road cleanup, which I actually <laughs> kind of like because you get to talk with everybody. Um, uh, the Taste of Lakeville is one of our main, um, what do you call it, our fundraisers. And okay. so I... Um, get, became very involved with that. That is mandatory in our club that you become um, active with that. Um, in fact, I had became the chair of the uh, what do you call it? The, the silent auction for a couple of years, uh, and that was kind of a daunting task at the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I figured, I figured you know? that out with uh, with one of the projects I was on too, so I can empathize <laughs> with you. There's a lot of anxiety yeah. that goes along with running a silent yeah. auction. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it is, but it's such a good, that's where a lot of the funds are come from, so mm-hmm. it was also such a great, you know, great venue to do that with, and great people. I mean, the greatest time we had was wrapping all the baskets and stuff. I mean, we get together and yeah. have fun. So, which is, I think, the fifth requirement for Rotary is have fun. Yeah. And do you have a um, uh, specific project that was your favorite so far? Of uh, that? I'm or or just the, any service project that you've done thus far? What's, what's the one that kind of sticks out that you were like, ooh? Really? You know, there's one that sticks out. It was over in Prior Lake. Um, our, well, there's a couple of them. Um, that one, I'm just going to briefly say then. I is, was for a halfway house for um, trafficked boys and girls. Mm. And we were just doing outside cleaning, but it was the idea of what we were doing it for. Um, mm. The other one, and I just went blank, that I really, really love is, oh, there's an organization here in the Twin Cities um, that's called uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And okay. it's an organization which builds beds for children who do not have beds. And I guess mm-hmm. it, is, it is a law that if children don't have a bed, like if, they're, if somebody's fostering them in a family or whatever, there's no bed for them, they can't stay there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sleep in Heavenly Peace builds these beds, and people go, you know, we all come in at in a certain bed build, and you do... Um, Whatever they ask you to. My specialty, it seems to be, is sanding. Well, you grinded real hard in the food industry for 50 years. So yeah, no so, kidding. <laughs> yeah, I learned really well. So my yeah. husband also comes, and he's not a Rotarian, but he follows me everywhere I go, I think. I feel and like that, that's really common, too. Um, 
Yeah. Anyhow, he always likes to do the, the sawing or the drilling and do all that kind of stuff. So Lovely. I love that, that you guys um, do do those service projects together, too. It's That's incredible. Oh, yeah. You know, that's Joe and I, for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, you know, he's really good that way. I said, why don't you... <laughs> Why don't you join Rotary? He says, ah, it's doing just fine. I'll just follow you around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you use your money. But <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets it Anyhow. all through you and the stuff that you guys do yeah. together. So yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have about two and a half minutes left for this first section. So I think it's important that our listeners know what is, um, what's your role with Rotary? What have you taken on um, and what are you passionate about as of current? Um, back... Um, in about 2013, um, I was asked to, with another Lakeville Rotarian, to kind of be on, on they, she was looking at doing a global grant, and I had not a clue what she was talking about, <laughs> but I went with her and just kind of started it and kind of, you know, looked at it, and then she left the club. She had to move, so it landed in my lap. So I started going to the Rotary um, Grant, they used to call it the committee at that time, these meetings, and just kind of hung around because I thought it, I found it really interesting and became a mentor. And I did go ahead and do that grant um, with the help of a wonderful mentor that I got from the from the district um, grant team. Um, the, the grant was in Ecuador, and it was to redo kitchens in three schools and the bathrooms and a computer lab in the secondary school. Um, since then, um, last July, I became the district team lead mm-hmm. um, because um, Roger, Marjorie Horning, that is a wonderful, wonderful lead and has been there for years, um, moved up to be the, the lead of the Rotary Foundation for um, District 5960. Wonderful. Yeah. And I was just going to say, we should probably note that it's for 5960 that you are. The right. Grant I was going to go into that. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a difference. we let's go ahead and cover that for this next section for our listeners. We're excited to learn and um, grow from you in that process. And I know as a newer Rotarian, um, I know just enough just enough about the Rotary Foundation and the grant process, but excited to learn so much more from you. So thank you so much, <laughs> and we'll learn more here in this next section. Um, okay. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. We'll see you on the flip side. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me... Joseph Kirk. The lovely Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And what do we love, Joe? Five-star reviews. (laughs) Five-star reviews, please. (laughs) If you are tuning in for the first time, we have a special guest on with us, um, Peg Dunau. She is the grant team lead for District 5960, and we are so happy to have her on board. Um, She is going to take some time here to explain the grant process for the Rotary and how that ties into the Rotary Foundation. And 
I personally, as a newer Rotarian, am very excited to hear more about what that process looks like. Um, I learned just a little bit about it when I first got into Rotary, but not enough. And so I'm very excited to hear and learn more from you, Peg. So what we're going to do, we're going to just pass that torch on over to you so you can you can share with our listeners, what does that look like? Okay, first, hi. Um, first, I'm going to tell you about the Rotary Foundation, because without the Rotary Foundation, there really wouldn't be any grants. Yeah. The Rotary Foundation is where the Rotarians um, fund, give funds every year, and um, the funds go up into an, a world fund, and they're held for, um, I'll, I'll go through that later a little bit, but it's okay. how, there's a really ingenious plan of how they handle the money, I think. Um, let me give you some background first. Um, since it was founded 100 years ago, the foundation has spent more than $4 billion on life-changing, sustainable projects. Um, wonderful. Yeah, the impact one donation can do, 60 cents, can, a child can be protected from polio. 60 cents. $50 mm. can pr- provide clean water to fight waterborne illness. $500 can launch an anti-bullying bullying campaign and create a safe environment for children. Um, and those are really important, I believe. Um, uh, Rotary has a four-charity navigation uh, highest level, which is the buck as high as you can go, which I'm pretty proud of. That means that they are... Um, ethical and do handle the money ethically. 91% of all those funds that are spent on programs, awards, and operation grants. The final, the financial, st- Chuck, oh, I'm sorry, the financial structure, structure is organized as a public charity operating, um, with a board of trustees and a board of directors. And these people are it's responsible for making sure that all the money is handled ethically. Um, the association, um, there's a reason that Rotarians donate to the Rotarian, to the Rotary Foundation. It's a simple way to achieve your philanthropic goals, whether it's supporting clean water, eradicating polio. Um, by the way, we will eradicate polio or a particular <laughs> global grant. Um, any gift can be donated, but when you give a gift to Rotarians, I don't know if most, most people know this, but you can designate where that gift goes to. For instance, it could go to in, in polio now, it could go to an individual grant, or it could go to one of Rotary's area of focus. Yeah, that's one thing, if you don't mind if I jump in for a second, that's, sure. that's something that's really cool about um, the foundation is you can earmark your funds for specific um, for specific types of use, if it's clean water, or if you want it to go towards um, ending human trafficking, you can earmark your funds to do that. It's kind of a unique component of the foundation, and it, you know, a lot of the Rotarians that I talk to, and it's the reason why they love giving money to Rotary, is because it it just has so much versatility, and and then like you already hit it, we do such a good job with the money that you actually get the money <laughs> to the cause. And yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the best way, best things you for get the most for your buck. 
Um, so uh, 91% of the money, like I said before, the foundation spends, goes to programs, and only 9% towards administration. Um, um, all the funds that go to the foundations go into a fund, or into an annual fund for three years. And they have this, an investment committee, including three foundation trustees and six Rotarians were professionals in the field. Make sure the money is invested responsibly during this period. That's the part I love. Mm-hmm. When the three years is up, the investment earnings on your gift go toward the operating expenses of the foundation. Now, I think that's brilliant. Um, number one, they make sure that the funds are safe from the fluctuation of going up and down, and then they, the interest pays for the running of the grant or the fund. Yeah, that's, the that's so brilliant. Just because then, yeah. then, again, we're maximizing the use of those funds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, absolutely. Re- so really quick for, for those that are, are listening as well is, you know, you can do your research on other, um, you know, nonprofits and charitable, um, you know, charitable organizations. organizations. And th- a lot of them will post what their, what their um, percentage of funds that go towards the, the project. And Rotary is consistently amongst the highest, if not the highest, uh, regularly. Right. So. Yep. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love. I mean, it's just such a stellar organization, in my opinion. Um, and the principal that comes back after three years is split 50-50, with half going to a, a district-designated fund, which we call DDF, and half going into the World Fund. And that's a pool um, that um, goes more... For, for instance, the polio, for, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking, for some of the emergency it's, grant funds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that goes in there. Well, um, let me ask you a question really quick. Um, sure. You know, if, if I'm somebody who's not a Rotarian and I have... Um, you know, a cause or something that I'm extremely passionate about that would fit into the buckets of of Rotary. Like, why is this so important for me to hear? Um, can you talk a little bit about the matching? I think that that's the component. I think that a lot oh, of the yeah. listeners, um, and I'm kind of yeah. skipping ahead here a little bit, but just I'm that's trying fine. to keep time um, in Absolutely. our... Absolutely. Yep. Just talk about the matching component. So, you know, kind of walk through how a local grant can then grow through getting matching funds from other components. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I do want to mention right here um, that each district is different in the way that they yeah. match. I know that 5960 and 5950 are a little bit different. Um, so I'm reporting on what 5960 does. Okay. Thank you. So um, the the grants in our funding grant, um, guidelines are um, cont- cash contributions from Rotary Clubs in District 5960 and other districts will be matched dollar for dollar with a district designated fund member. I said that's DDF. Up to a maximum award specified in the current spending plan. Now, right this year, it is set at 
$500 as a minimum um, and 3000 as a maximum that the um, district will match for each club. So um, in, in a single project. Now, that isn't, you know, so say Lakeville has a project. That doesn't mean they just get can only match 3000 on one project. It's for every project. Mm-hmm. Now, all those different... Say there's ten clubs. Well, that would be that would be well. Okay, for a global grant, say there was ten clubs, and they all put in three thousand dollars. So that would be thirty thousand um, dollars. But our our district would only has a maximum that it will go to, and that's twenty five thousand. Okay. So so the rest rest would, so you have to take that in effect too. Um, the maximum project max would be $12,000 and still a limit of 3000 maximum per club. Does that make any sense? Or do you have a question with that? It does. It's just I'm trying to explain to our audience what's really great is, is say you have a $3,000 grant that you want to start and you raise that money at your local club. You can then get an additional $3,000 from your district if it if it applies okay. if it works, um, just I'm I'm trying to explain to people single three thousand dollar project can grow into this mm-hmm. massive and like you, okay. you you just actually hit on it too you if you partnered with other clubs that um, you know had funds that came in so say a three thousand dollar. Well, I guess we'll just have to cover it on the next section. I guess so. We certainly will. I know. (laughs) And this is why we love the show, too, is we have the opportunity to transition into the next section. So as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. Long story short, lots of money can be had with the Rotary Fund. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me... Joseph Kirk. All right, take it away, Joseph Kirk. All right, Peg, we kind of got <laughs> cut off on that last section. Um, I think instead of trying to go back and explain it all uh, over again, why don't we do this instead? Why don't we use it as an example? And I'd love to hear a story that you have of a successful grant program and, you know, from start to finish, kind of how it, how it went about, because I think a lot of people uh, that listen to the show are going to be really interested, like, okay, how do I do it? Like, I have yeah. no idea how to even get started. First what step. What better way to learn than by example? <laughs> exactly. 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 So um, I can start off. I'm actually going to highlight a grant that I'm, uh, I'm actually the author of right now. And I just finished the first year report. Um, I'm going to start from the very beginning. Um, back, oh, three, or three years ago, um, or four years ago, I went on a mission trip with a, uh, group here from Minnesota called the Andrew Community Partners. And what they do is they take a team of St. Olaf alumni doctors led by Dr. Doug Tape. Um, down to a little village called Hulik Peru, which is um, high in the Andean Mountains and 13,000 elevation. It's right by Machu Picchu. Ooh. Um, yeah, and, and they do medical missions. Um, 
And when I went with them, um, I kind of fell in love with the people. I mean, the first thing you do when you get off the bus, they come up and they, they throw flowers on you. And I mean, I literally broke into Jeez. tears. I was so moved with these people. Um, but this particular group, um, when the SARS COVID-2 global pandemic hit, um, there were immediate long-term and short-term um, impacts, of course, Um this particularly is true for the towns in the high Andes um, because they lo- lose all income. Um, most of these men are porters for the Inca Trail. So um, I'm just going to move forward again. Um, so there was a de- devastating impact on the, the impact of food security in the short term and sustainable opportunities to grow their own food. So... Um, now this was obviously driven by tourism, correct? Like so, so uh, the t- some, yeah. Well, okay. yeah, because all the the men from there are you know porters, and there is a, if you want to call it a road, it's just this kind of little trail you go up there. Um, people do come by into this um, village too, and the women sell their wares of all the weaving they do, etc. So, um, so all the commerce stopped. In the country, essentially, oh, yeah. when, when everything happened. Okay, yep. Um, Peru actually had the highest death rate per capita of any place in the world. Um, it really got hit. And especially up in the high um, mountain communities, the biggest challenge was is there was a national um, emergency, there was a financial cr- crisis, and one in two rural mountain communities were... Um, experience in this severe food insecurity. Okay. Um, the high mountain of Hulik, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna briefly, is nine small towns, um, and it is this one community. And the situation that just unbearable, all the people that had been gone, such as they were working in the big cities, all came home. So the population grew to about 15,000, um, and the uh, food situation became even worse. Um, ACP or uh, Andean Community Partners did do some a brief emergency um, packets. They call them canastas, which were you know that they brought food into the organization. But then a couple of us said, "Wait a minute here, um, you know this is great for the short term, but we can't do this forever. It's not sustainable." So at that point, we started looking around for a way to help them do have sustainable um, nutritional products that they can grow. So we found this organization down in um, Peru called the Andrian Association for Sustainable Development. All these acronyms, AASD. <laughs> And they they actually are a, a five um, they are a, a U.S. company or founded by them, but they are doing fantastic work down in Peru, Peru and actually all over the world. Um, and they grow greenhouses, or they teach mm. people how to do greenhouses and grow um, products, agro, um, uh, yeah, agroecology. I don't know what the word is. Anyhow. Um, so, uh, they, I just went by, they're, or, they're, they use only organic 
fertilizer and organic pesticide. Um, so at that point, we started working with them a little bit. Um, first, we had to do what you call an assessment, which is really important. Um, that means you go in and you talk to the villagers. You may do a survey to find out how they eat or how they don't eat. Um, you talk, see if um, there is a sustainability in this in this whole project. Um, and yeah, you go in and, and you it, figure out what they need and yeah. and how you can provide it. Okay. Yeah, that's right. But that's one of the largest things you have to do before you can go in for a global grant. Um, you have to prove that it's sustainable and that the people want it. Because if they don't want it, they're not going to take care of it. And it's just going to fall fair, apart. Fair enough. That's one yeah. of the biggest problems that, that NGOs have. They'll come in. In fact, this community's had that. They come in, they do a project, and they leave. And so the project just sits there. Right now there's a fish farm sitting up there. There's a bunch of greenhouses that the government put in that are sitting empty. Um, so anyhow, so we applied for uh, 49,500 grants. Um, I kept it right under 50,000 because when you go up to past 50,000, you have to do additional work. And I wanted to get this done fast so we sure. could get the food, get going with this project. So we broke, um, we started the grant process um, in August of 2021. Um, first of all, I had to get a mentor from 5960. Um, that is, I go to my um, fellow teammates and I get a mentor. Um, I, I got a wonderful mentor. Actually, he's one of the top people in, um, he oversees a bunch of districts right now. Hmm. And yeah, yeah, and he happens to be a friend. And, um, we picked, there's, there was, there's six, there's different, um, areas of focus for Rotary. There were six of them and there's now seven. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, you know, if you want to know, call me or go on, online. But the seventh one was added last year called the environment, and it actually fit our grant the best because nothing really um, talked about it. And this go and it fit it because it went around the um, agroecology and the sustainable agriculture and production um, of these high quality nutritious foods. So have, having that done, and I got the mentor, um, we started raising funds. Um, went to all sorts of different um, uh, clubs, and actually, um, I want to applaud fifty nine fifty. Out of the blue, they actually um, came and asked me if I needed money, and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> how can <laughs> so we help?" They, yeah, and they contributed quite a you know a good chunk, a little you know for this. So, Peg, and we then, have we have about two minutes left. Um, okay. So the grant just, right yep. now, why don't I just, okay, it's been going for a year. All 30, it, we built three, 30 greenhouses. All 30 of them are doing really well. Um, they have trained them how to build them, how to uh, do the, um, the, the soil and do everything organically, um, how to handle pesticides, and they've had many um, meetings on teaching them how to handle these different items. That we were going to teach them um, how to do some commercialization or um, selling products. However, the people um, that have the grants, that have the greenhouses, wanted to go back and learn more about the actual 
um, sustaining the the, agri- the products um, rather than learning and going into selling. Um, That's great. The Thirty of them are all very successful. Um, there was some problems along the way, but I will applaud this um, town. They formed a co-op, and if anybody was slacking at all, they did come and say, say um, you know, shape up or we're going to give this to somebody else. Peg, I got to cut you off right here because, I mean, we could probably talk about this for another (laughs) two hours if we wanted to because it's a deep (laughs) subject. But, uh, you know, we want to say thank you so much for being on the show and sharing some of your experiences on on what the foundation is about, a specific grant. And uh, we, we really enjoyed having you on the show. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, it's time to stop searching. And to start start serving. Well, hello (laughs) and welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And with me is... And I'm Joseph Kirk, who wanted to, you know, start the (laughs) holiday weekend early and cut it off. Sorry about that, Peg. Yeah. No, Peg, we certainly want you on for another section. I was sitting there going, like, pointing at my notes, like, wait, hold on a second. We have another section. I have have Thanksgiving turkey on my brain. I guess so. I guess so. So... Um, Peg, thank you so much. We're happy that you're you're coming back on board with us for this last section. Oh, my pleasure. Because I think that this is probably the most important section for us to wrap up our conversation with you as our guest and, um, you know, how we have delved into that grant process. But um, Rotary really has our, our big, like, thing for this year is um, imagine Rotary, Rotary and what we envision. And so our question to you is talk to us about what you envision, like where you see Rotary going with the grant program. I mean, you've been with, you've been a grant team lead for quite some time now. And so I can imagine that you have seen a lot over the years in terms of transitions growth, development, you probably encountered some hurdles over COVID as well. So what has all of that looked like and how do you see that playing into these upcoming years? Okay, thank you. Um, you know, I have just became the team lead um, in July, but I've been a mentor for uh, since 2013. Um, and I see... Uh, Rotary going to a lot of different places with these grants. Um, I know that the direction, you know, imagine, I think the biggest thing that Rotary could say is they imagine peace. I was reading yesterday, mm-hmm. last night when I was trying to go through all, you know, the notes on, on, is that one of the reasons Rotary looks at all we do in the world with these grants as a, as a way to peace. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take care of the people, if you take care of the problems, if you do these peace fellowships, which are actually there, um, it can lead towards peace in the world. And um, I truly believe that Rotary will continue that and probably even press harder with that. 
I also do firmly believe that um, ro- Rotary will eradicate polio in the next ah. few years. It, it definitely will. You know, it's going to take longer. It's going to take money, but that's the way it goes when you're trying to do something this, with this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done come a long, long ways. Um, as far as grants, I, I, it depends. You know, well, how much farther Rotary can grow with grants. I think depends upon the foundation and upon people being willing willing to give. Um, I know in our district we've run out of money, not this year, but we over the, because of the pandemic. Yeah. But beforehand, um, we would have to allocate um, funds according to some dynamics or some um, some items like how many grants has has this club help with other clubs or how many you know just to um, be able to figure out how much to allocate each each um, uh, grant, and the reason being is you had to, I want to be everybody wanted to be uh, respectful to every grant. Everyone should get funded, but you know it depends on what their what their algorithm was. Hmm. Sure. Um, so now, hopefully, we won't ever have to go back to that. Hopefully, there will always be money there and enough money. I know that um, it used to be that uh, the DDF or the district would fund um, two to one or one to one, and then the um, global would fund both of those. So you you would get a huge impact for your or bang for your buck. Yeah, it is not the same now. Um, right now, um, at least in fifty nine fifty, uh, we will you know match the up to a certain amount. And TER or the or the global the big the rest of the funds um, no longer match club and other donations. They only will match DDF at eighty percent. Okay, and that's because there's been such a big drain on you know people are coming forward with um, more grants. You know it's a good news bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have more grants out there. People were really wanting to do good, both district and um, global, but also it's putting more drain on the on the clubs. Um, I want to just mention really quickly: um, there is a disaster relief part of the World Fund um, that right now is obviously um, really in practice with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty nine sixty has put forth two grants, and they are going. One was for um, water uh, filters, and that would. Uh, there, that one was just sent out, and the other one is for first aid kits. I, I can't remember exactly how many, but these aren't just you know first aid kits like we have. These are first aid kits like with tourniquets and whatever. They go to the first responders. Well, that's great. So that, I do want to yeah. do really quick. I just want to uh, go back to something you said because I do think it's super critical at this time. Is you know how Rotary has been. You know, they're really their quest is peace, and you know, right. there's a lot of turmoil in the world, and you know, that's all we hear. I feel like right now, and you know, one of my favorite things is you know, Rotary's always been this voice of reason. It's always been the the cooler head. It's always been mm-hmm. this diplomatic, uh, 
you know, solution. So when, when you talk about, we hope that it's part of the solution going forward, it has to be because I think it's always been. Um, and you know, one, one like little follow up question to if somebody's listening to this who is not necessarily a member of Rotary and is looking to get involved in service and involved in, you know, an organization and, you know, what, what advice do you have for them? The first thing I think I do would be to, to examine yourself. Why do you want to get into this? Um, what is it you really want to do with this, with, you know, the organization? Um, where do you want to help take it? Um, the second thing is figure out how to do it. Um, do your homework also on the organization. Um, are they ethical? Are they, what are their ratings? What, what are their goals? Um, and the third thing is get involved. I mean, just try it out. Uh, how do you know unless you try something and, you know, um, because you're always learning and everything's always changing. So that that would be my recommendation. That, and then if you do decide to go, it was absolutely fantastic. It was because <clears throat> a lot of the a lot of the listeners who are tuning in quite possibly can be individuals who are not Rotarians right now, and mm-hmm. it, it is it's important for them to first take in an evaluation of themselves and what they right. like what their uh, I'm going to say it hopes and dreams are for you know being involved in a community and where does that, where do they want to go with that? And perhaps Rotary is that platform for them to be able to do that. And maybe they're really incredibly passionate about a specific topic and Mm -hmm. Rotary can be that, that vehicle for them to be able to contribute towards it. You know, I I want to just plug in here too. Um, There is, you know, I don't want to just sit there and ignore the district grants, the smaller ones, because those are great. They, you can either be spent here in the U.S. or they can go um, international too. It's just a smaller grant. Um, now, the, the the global grants cannot have a, a project in the U.S. They have to be global. So that is a thought too. You know, you, you see something you want to do, you kind of you know ask somebody. Yeah. Or if you do belong to Rotary or if you do belong to another organization, ask them, you know, what are your guidelines for each of these and see if it fits you, what you want to do. I love, love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive, Peg. And um, I just want to say thank you so much. We can finally say. Oh, now we do now it. Now we okay, can yeah. say <laughs> thank you so much for taking time. We apologize for the little hiccup there oh, no in worries. Section 3. Well, um, happy Joe, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yes, and Joe can go I, have his turkey. I, I, already, I already started. So. Yeah, I guess so. He's, he's had his turkey and he's already like falling asleep apparently. So, Peg, thank you. We really we were so happy to have you on as the individual to speak on behalf of the grant process for Rotary. And so um, we hope that you enjoyed and we look forward to have you, having you on again. I'd, I'd like that. Hopefully I'll be a little clearer in my brain for the <laughs> no, most part. <laughs> no problem. We hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And oh, you too. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. And as a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me... Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, it's time to stop searching... And start serving. <laughs>